Well, good morning. I'd like to start this morning, start this message, with where we left off last week, which is with speaking of Psalm 150. And in Psalm 150, we read, Praise the Lord! Exclamation mark. Praise the Lord! Praise God in his sanctuary! Praise him in his mighty heavens! Praise him for his mighty deeds! Praise him according to his excellent greatness! Praise him with trumpet sound! Praise him with lute and harp! Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We come to praise God today. And we'll see that Paul also, as he ends this section, as he ends chapter 3, as he ends the first part in Ephesians, as he ends this prayer from his knees for these people, He ends with praising God as well. With a great doxology, a short hymn or spiritual song of praise to his heavenly Father. Let's read together now from Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 to 21 for context. Again, that's Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 to 21. If you are turning here, it would be page 918 in the Black Pew Bibles. 918 in the Black Pew Bibles. Please follow along. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ Jesus may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly, Far more abundantly, this is what we're focusing on today, verse 20 to 21. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask, all that we think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus our Lord. Throughout all generations, forever and ever Amen. Amen. I'd like to recap a little bit. It's been a couple weeks since we're in this Ephesians chapter. A couple weeks ago, we looked at Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 to 21. And the title or the message that day, on June 28th, I believe, was Praying for Spiritual Enrichment. Praying for Spiritual Enrichment. June 27th, I'm sorry. Paul in humility was praying from his knees, bowing before God in prayer for the Ephesians and anyone else who would read his letter. Paul was desperately, earnestly, intensely praying for them to appreciate the great blessings available to them of which he had been teaching or reminding these people of throughout his letter. He was wrapping up this first part, chapters 1 to 3, and he was desperately praying on their behalf. You see, he cared deeply for these people of whom he had spent several years ministering to, and he wanted to see them maturing in their faith. 
Paul stated, for this reason, and he is referring to all the truth that he has already talked about in this letter, because God is who he is, because God has made us alive in Christ, because Gentiles and Jews alike have been reconciled, both vertically to God and horizontally to one another, because God has established the church as his people and Christ his head, because God is the, Paul is the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of the Gentiles. Because of all these things and more, Paul prays for them. As he says, for this reason. And Paul prays that they would be empowered. Empowered. I remind you that what we spoke of was that Paul uses a Greek word here for power. Dynamis. The same root word from which we get our word dynamite. Its meaning denotes violent power. Mighty, wonder-working power, and strength. Let me say that again. A violent power, a wonder-working, mighty power and strength. A power and strength which effectually impacts not just the subject, the target, but subjects, targets around it also. And the same word will be referenced later today as well. We ended a couple weeks ago with this idea. God empowers us with strength and knowledge to know his love and to be changed by it in such a way that we then can help change others as well. Like dynamite, it hits us and it hits others through us. Pray for God's power, strength, knowledge, and love to be more realized with each day so that all may come to know him fully. And now today, today we see Paul finishing his prayer with a great example for us all. Praise in verse 20 to 21. Let me read this for you again once more. It's on the screen. Ephesians 3, 20 to 21 says this, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. He, Paul, as far as we know, is still on his knees praying intensely, and he moves to praise God. From his knees, we see Paul recognizing three things as he focuses on God and wraps up his prayer. Today, we're simply focused on the what, the how, and the why of this doxology of praise of God by Paul. The what, the how, and the why. One, two, three. What, how, why. We see that we should be praying with great expectation, for he, God, is able. Pray with great expectation, for God is able. Here's the breakdown in the message today, and it is straight from the scriptures. What, number one, God is able, he is able, to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think. The how, how, according to the power at work within us, and the why, number three, for his glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. I will break these down today, but you must also notice that they naturally run together as well. Simultaneously, they speak to one another. Let's start with the what. What? God is able Scripture says he is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. Paul says that God is able. 
Able to do what exactly? God can do anything. You see, it's not limited by human words, his power. It's not limited by human thoughts, his power. It's not limited by human dreams or imaginations, his power. God is the one who raised Jesus from the dead and placed him as head of the church. God saved his people from Pharaoh and split the Red Sea, allowing them to walk on dry ground. God created the heavens and the earth, the universe, and everything within and beyond. Everything, more than what we have even discovered, more than we can imagine, more than humans can even think. And we should, like Paul, bow down on our knees and praise and worship him. Pray to him in humility like Paul. But as we pray, expect great things, for he is able. His power is able to do far more than all we can think and ask, Scripture says. Again, straight from Scripture. Far more than all that we ask or think. One pastor said, You can ask for every good thing you have ever experienced. God can do above that. You can think of or imagine things beyond your experience. God can do above that. You can imagine good things that are beyond your ability to name. God can do above that. You see, God is able, and he's not just able to do more. God does do more. And he's working within us, as we'll see in the next section. But first, let's talk a little bit more of his power. God's power is often thought of in the physical realm, physical creation, physical miracles and healings and happenings. And God is physically powerful indeed. But God is also powerful spiritually and can save the worst of sinners. Let me say that again. God is powerful physically indeed, but he is also powerful spiritually and can save the worst of sinners. Who is it that we think is the worst of sinners in our life or in the world today? Pray for them because God can save them. Paul himself would claim this, but Paul would also claim that his power to preach and live a godly life in all circumstances, even amidst great persecution, was all a demonstration of God's power within. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and 2 Corinthians chapter 6 speak of this. You see, everything Paul did was by God's power within him. And Paul would be sure to declare that this was his effectiveness. The same power is available to us and all believers still today by the powerful presence of the Holy Spirit, which has been gifted to us, which we read of in Acts 1.8, of whom we are gifted by God through Jesus. God's power to save is demonstrated every single day as we see people continue to come to God, to Jesus as Lord. But it's also demonstrated over and over and over again in Scripture. And let us not forget where Scripture says that 3,000 and more were saved. The power of God is seen in Gentiles being saved along with the Jews. The power of God is seen in how we are made new. Despite any past you may have had, you may find peace, joy, hope, and love with God still. 
God is also spiritually powerful in his victory over Satan's schemes and and the supernatural. And then finally, we see that a person living for Jesus Christ and being victorious over persecution is a great example of God's power within believers. This leads to the, the how. Next, we see the how. We see the how. How is according to the power at work within us. These missionaries and these people of the world who are persecuted daily for their faith, even killed for their faith, have a power, a wonder-working, mighty-working power within them, a dynamite power within them. Let me give you some examples from the Bible. God worked through Abraham, Moses, David, Daniel, Jonah, Elijah, Paul, and all the apostles. God can and will work within the willing hearts of his people and the church. I love thinking about those names, Abraham, Moses, David, Daniel, Jonah, Jonah, a man who wanted to deny God or or not do God's word, wanted to run from God's word. When Jonah would turn his heart to God, his will be aligned with God, God would do great things through him. God can and will work within the willing hearts of his people, the church. Let me say that again. God can and will work within the willing hearts of his people, the church. You see, God works the extraordinary through the ordinary. God works the extraordinary through the ordinary. And in so many ways beyond our imagination, God is working. God is able to and will do extraordinary things through ordinary people, and it is by his power at work within them. God is able to rescue from a fiery furnace, to keep safe inside a whale, to fight a giant through a young David, to deliver from mouths of lions, and to protect against the mightiest foe or enemy. God is able to give sight to the blind, heal the sick, bring the dead back to life, and keep you from stumbling to sin. God is able to bring great wisdom, strength, judgment, and power and love. Do not forget the power of his love. Through his love for us, we are saved. Saved through Jesus' death on the cross. We deserve hell, judgment, punishment. For we are selfish, prideful sinners who continue to try and work through our power, through our wisdom. But God loves us so much that he gave us Jesus. Out of his inexhaustible riches, verse 16 speaks of this, whole scripture speaks of. Out of his inexhaustible riches, Christ fills us with his own power through the indwelling Holy Spirit when we are born again. Wow, what glorious news that we are filled with his fullness. And as we walk with him, we get to know even more of his boundless love and grace. As verses 7 to 18 reference, until we are filled to the brim with God's power and love and able to do his work through him working within us, as we're speaking of now in the how. It is according to the power at work within us. When we're walking in proper fellowship with God through his spirit and Jesus is Lord, we cannot exhaust the resources of his love and power at work within us. They are, as scripture tells us here, far more abundant, abundant 
than anything we can imagine, anything we can dream, anything we can think or ask. They are, as the NIV puts it, immeasurably great. And it is a dynamite power which is at work within us through his spirit. What awesome and wonderful news. And no wonder Paul shouts glory to God in this ending of his prayer. We are nothing without God's love, God's power working within us. Paul recognized this greatly as he continually proclaimed his weakness and God's greatness. God does not need the strong. All he needs is the weak to be willing and he will make you strong. God will make you strong by his power within. There's no situation that God cannot, will not, and does not want to use the willing and submissive heart to work his power within and through. Remember, God is able, as one old pastor referenced, and this was in a 1940s commentary, I believe, and I have no idea who said it, but God is able. He is almighty. He is boundless. He is limitless. He is everlasting. God is able, almighty, boundless, limitless, everlasting. What a great acronym we have there. And then next, finally, we have the why. We have the why for his glory. Why? For his glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Why? that we, his church body, might be to the praise of the glory of God. That is the purpose of our salvation. That is the purpose of our very existence. As one pastor stated, when the church understands and walks in God's eternal purpose, God will be glorified, and the church will be fulfilling its important duty of simply glorifying God. Paul says in verse 21 that this should be our ultimate goal for prayer and praise. That God be glorified. We have the what? God is able. We have the how according to the power at work within us. And we have the why so that he would be glorified in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So we find Paul concludes in verse 21 by magnifying not himself, not his people, but magnifying the glory of God that exists within his people and in Christ Jesus. It is a glory which will continue throughout the ages, throughout all generations, for all eternity. As John Stott once said, God desires glory in the bride and in the bridegroom, in the community of peace, and in the peacemaker. Truly, God will be glorified in all things, and for how long? Forever and ever. Forever in Christ, forever in his creation, Forever in us, his people, God will be glorified. Scripture says in all generations. And then we have the amen. And as we read the amen, we realize it means let it be done. What a worthy goal. Let it be done. All of these things, let them be done. Many churches, people of God have memorized these words and close out their services with this oxology, this doxology, this praise of Paul, as they also proclaim, let this be done, Lord, so that you might be glorified. May we be encouraged by such words, to remember such words, and to put them to heart as they are humble, honest, and powerful reminders of God's immeasurable, abundant power and love. 
God's power and love is like dynamite in the hands of a demolition expert. It impacts our lives and has the power to work through you, within you, into other lives also. But we must have a willing and submissive heart. As we said a couple weeks ago, God wants us to come before him in humble and submissive prayers. Paul comes before God here on his knees. On his knees, he's praising the Lord. And we should be humble and recognize his power to do great things as well. Allow him to work within you with his great power, which is able. Paul's life, how Paul lived for Christ was a great demonstration of God's dynamite, all-inspiring, wonder-working power, and the same power to live in godliness as Paul is available to all believers today as they yield to his working within. Yes, even us today still have this dynamite-working power. It is limited only by our unwillingness to trust him. When we decide that either consciously or subconsciously, we think we know more than God. We have a better way or we're stronger or we're more able. We limit God's working through us because we're not submissive to him and his ways and his power. We must let God work within us and through us. The Christian life is all about learning to trust God and then do things his way by his power within us and for his glory. I think that summarizes this whole message, this scripture well. The Christian life is all about learning to trust God and then doing things his way by his power within us and for his glory. Will you trust him? Will you obey him? Will you yield to him? Will you praise him like Paul from your knees? Maybe not physically, but mentally in a state of humility. Will you praise him? This is the purpose of our salvation, of our very existence. And as we close, I remind you the last week in Ephesians. We prayed that through you, God would work with his dynamite power. That all may come to know him, his power and love. Pray for this. God is able and we should be praying with great expectation. Pray for all to come to know him through the power that is within you. We need to remember who we're talking to. Do not put human limits on our all-powerful, sovereign God. As Pastor also Richard Koken stated in verse 20 to 21, he stated that these should be used to remind us of the greatness of the one to whom we have prayed. Furthermore, he stated, so often we are tempted to think that God means well and wants to do the best, but he can't really change things. So we feel reluctant to pray with confidence, to pray with expectancy, of great things. But when we ask for things that will further his plan to bring all things together under Christ, including helping us become a fitting home for his spirit and to know the unknowable love of Christ, he is both able and willing to do these great things. We often feel reluctant to pray to God with great expectation, but we both can and should, for he is able. He is able to do great things, abundant things, immeasurable things throughout the work within us so that he will be glorified. Let's pray with great expectation for God is able. You can never ask too much. He is able. 
God answers prayers in ways we can never imagine, for he knows what we could never imagine. He is able. God's love, power, and mercy is available to us, within us. He wants to bless us with his power, his love, his mercy. He desires to work within you and through you. Let's pray like Paul. Let's be humble. Let's be submissive. Let's pray with passion, with concern for God and his people. Let's pray for God's church, God's people, and for his glory. Allow God to use you. Let's close with praising God now. I start with these words. Please bow your heads. Lord, we praise you and we thank you today, Lord. And as these words say, now to him, Lord, you, who is able to do far more abundant than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to you be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Yes, Lord, we praise you and thank you today, Lord. I think of the song, God is Able, which we've sang here before. God is able. Lord, it says you will never fail. He is an almighty God, greater than all we seek, greater than all we ask. He has done great things. Lord, you have done great things. How great is our God and magnificent and worthy of praise. Lord, thank you for this day. May we praise you and thank you for all of our lives and in all our lives. Lord, may we recognize how abundant your power and will is, your love. May we allow you to work within us and through us for your glory in the church and in Christ Jesus in all generations. And all God's people said, amen. Let it be done. Amen.